Welcome to episode 22 of Devil's Trap Podcast. We have finished season one of Supernatural. This week, we'll talk about holy water and whiskey. How to make perfumed bat blood. And demons have families too. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And we are on to season one finale, episode 22, Devil's Trap. Pew, 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 pew. Fireworks, explosions. Uh, it's our namesake. It's Devil's Trap. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, I can't, yes. I can't wait to talk about this episode. There's so many things in here. Before though, let's, let's start off with the huge. What you drinking? What's going on? Uh, I am, uh, I'm sipping on, uh, it's McPherson's white tape, Texas white table wine. Um, the br- brand I stumbled across actually at a lo- local restaurant once, but I hadn't tried their white table wine. So I found some this weekend and pretty tasty. How about you? Well, since I am going to subtly call this episode, holy water and whiskey, and we'll see why later I actually am drinking a whiskey. I'm drinking a whiskey amaretto sour with a Garrison Brothers uh, bourbon. Uh, so Garrison Brothers is another one of our Texas distilleries. I got another bourbon today to you called Devil's Creek, but just even just looking at the color between the two of them. And I was like, I'm just going to go with this. And so I'm sure at some point, like I will just give that as a gift to somebody, but it was Devil's Creek. And I was like, well, that sounds really cool. That's just like what we do. But I also knew that this was a, a pretty good batch of, of Garrison brothers. So yeah, Yeah. they make, they make nice, nice, nice Texas whiskeys and whatnot. I did, I was, I was going to do the egg whites and then I just got nervous. I was like, I don't know. Like I, if I'm, I'm in a bar. <laughs> I don't do that shit at home. At a bar I'm in, but yeah, I'm I will always order it. But I was like, man, at home, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be the reason I get sick. Like somebody, <laughs> like, I was like, I don't, these eggs are kind of old and they're all pasture raised. So like, they're like super organic eggs. And I'm like, if I put them into my whiskey, is it going to, and I know like, <laughs> I mean, I made a bunch of like salmonella soup last night. So I'm just like, I, I don't know why I'm afraid of the egg whites, but I was. Salmonella soup. Okay. I was brining a, a chicken to roast. Oh, so it was in yeah. like a big bowl of bowl salt. Of liquid. Yeah. Salmonella it was soup. a bowl. It was some sal- salmonella soup. Yep. I like that. I'll have to remember that one. Yeah. Anything exciting going on other than making salmonella soup? Um, I got my first fax. So that was exciting. Um, I got to wait and wait for like two and a half hours to get it. And there was a crying baby there. And there was also like, it was raining. Well, it was only outside the rain for like 20 minutes. Okay. And, but unfortunately I was also wearing a t-shirt and a skirt, like an idiot, but I mean, it's Texas. Like it's not going to be that cold. And I was like, holy shit, I'm standing outside and I'm fucking freezing. Uh, 
And then we got inside, they had really loud music playing in the lobby and it's full of like, you know, 50 to 75 people. And then, you know, people would come out and call names, but you couldn't hear the names because they're calling from inside a mask on top of this music and a crying baby. So <laughs> everyone's just sitting there like, uh, is it, is it me? Is it me? And then, <laughs> and then of course it took like two seconds. So like go through like once they called you. Yeah. yeah. And I may have been a bad person and did not sit there for the 15 minutes. And I didn't either. I just left. I was like, oh, I, said that, I, wait, I, I looked at my watch. I'm like, oh, it's been like seven. That's like half of 15 minutes. I'm fine. And no one like, was really watching me where I was at. Cause like I was it, it, like where I went, I went to the grocery store. And so there was no one before or after me. Like I went in and got mine and they're like, yeah, just in the chair for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, I'm not even in eyesight of the freaking pharmacist. I'm like, Bye. Well, the nurse was like, you can either, you know, you could sit in the lobby or you could sit in your car. And as I had to park really far away. So I walked like the set like 10 minutes to get to my car and so I figured like by then like I'm fine yeah I'm good to go so yeah that's halfway there uh I already have the appointment for the second so almost good to go oh uh, yeah I think that's about it uh I had a a nice almost off last week to do a bunch of self-care stuff and houses all organized and spring cleaning <laughs> happened so man yeah we did we did some outdoor stuff because the weather was nice so we took advantage and did got some like pretty little decorations for our patio and I uh, got to cruise and Duchess is back on the road. So my 63 um, Cadillac Sedandeville is back driving currently. She still needs a little love, but she is on the road. That's the most important thing. And we knew that. So we were excited. So we went and ran errands in her and then went and treated ourselves to dinner and beers and enjoyed cruising around for a minute in, in, nice. my, in my beautiful car that I love. So that was awesome after being very frustrated for a period of time. So yeah. Pretty, pretty uh, chill. And then the other big exciting news, like not that anybody that's listening probably cares, but my brother graduated from Navy boot camp on Friday. So my family celebrated that along with my parents' birthdays. But um, so he, uh, he's going on to his A school to uh, be a fire controlman and uh, is super excited and doing yeah. awesome. So it's really y'all happy. and y'all, he looks adorable in his little sailor outfit. Oh like, God. I can't. I'm like, I'm like, is this like an updated picture from the 40s? Like, he looks yeah. like a little like vintage sailor. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I really want to sepia tone it, and then just like, <laughs> like and he has on you know the super chunk glasses, so like that, mm-hmm. and his little sailor hat. It's like, hello, sailor, which is gross because it's Diana's brother, but uh, the you know he's just he's adorable, and you yeah. know if, if anybody wants a sailor, we'll hook you up, man. So, <laughs> yeah, he's so. super smart in the military, so and looks cute in his little uniform, so. That's, I think exactly. that's really great news. Yes. So, so yeah, that's, that's our excitement here. And, uh, just my, work, yeah. my work's ramping up and I know yours is keeping busy too. So outside of all the fun stuff, <laughs> we're just keeping trucking here. Yep. And so just a couple of you know, housekeeping things, guys, since this is the season finale, uh, we're going to take a couple of weeks off and not that long, just time to one regroup and, you know, iron out some kinks. Uh, we're, but we will not be silent during this and we'll be working mm-hmm. on some very new, exciting things that'll be coming out and we'll be sure, you know, look at the Twitters, look at the Instagrams and we will tell you when those things come to fruition, but there are, they are very exciting um others other things too uh we're trying to figure out which conventions we're going to go to now that those are up 
we're kind of thinking New Orleans and Dallas, but if anybody has any other suggestions or any places you think, oh no, this this one is great. We love the Vegas. We love you know, Chicago. Or Let this one know. sucks. Don't come to this one. Yeah. You know, we, also, we also appreciate <laughs> that advice if you say you don't want to come here. But I'm, I know the Supernatural fan uh, family, well, every place is awesome. So we can't wait to you know get out on the road and start seeing people in person again. It'll be great. So I think with that, I think let's let's dive into Devil's Trap. Let's do it. All right. All right. So obviously this is season one, episode 22. It originally aired on May 4th, 2006. And we do have our heavy hitters back. So this was directed by Kim Manners and also written by Eric, uh, Eric Kripke. So we've got the showrunners that are doing this one, which is probably why this episode was so good, uh, because Eric knew exactly what he wanted to do with it. And so they're going to just roll right into that bitch Meg, because that bitch Meg just starts to shit off taunting our boys. That bitch Meg. That bitch, Meg. Yeah. I mean, so I think we, I mentioned it last week. So this episode kicked, or last week, the episode 21 ended with a to be continued. Bum, bum, bum. And it was very difficult for me to not just fucking watch the episode right then, but I'm trying, and I'm not saying I'm going to forever do this, but for now, I was trying to stay true to what we're doing with our podcast. And that meant that I did not watch the new episode until I was ready. So wow. anyways, it was very difficult to do. And this episode kicks off with that quick recap. And also, I will point out that they do the full recap slash intro music again, only it is not Kansas. It is uh, Won't Fall Down by Steve Fister. Is the yes, Fister. <laughs> uh, <laughs> had to share that. So um, once again, I know Liz is uh, extremely distraught and uh, I'm disappointed because I had already been told to associate that song with the show and now we don't get fucking Kansas. It's bullshit. I'm with you. Again, yeah. fucking so. bullshit. Bring back Kansas. All right. All right. So, so episode, Meg answers John's phone when Dean calls and um, basically is like, you're not going to fucking see your dad again. And we're like, first off, not to be a dick. I'm like, oh, I also know there's a lot more seasons of this show. I'd be really surprised if that's true, but okay, we'll, we'll roll with this. So um, Dean seems really emotional. It gets really emotional in this. And like, it's kind of an interesting, like, not a change, but I think in this episode, you see a lot of this. I don't want to get too analytical until the end, but like you're kind of seeing Dean being a lot more methodical and Sam being a lot more spontaneous, aggressive in this episode. Does that make sense? Do you think that's like, is I, that think kind so. of I, I think so. I, I think, you know, like I, my note on here is, you know, Dean is making a lot of sense because he's like, we're not ready. We can't do this right. And then my note is that Sam's just being a petulant little bitch. But well, and so, he's also being a fucking martyr. Sam has a martyr complex. It's yeah. Just, yeah. You know, that's, and, and but John kind of does too. And that's well, what yeah, that comes up in this. Yeah. But, but, you know, at least like, so this, the only thing is like, even though Sam is being annoying and petulant, but at least he listens, right? At least he's he not so gung ho that he's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. He actually pays attention when someone's like, you know, we're, we're not, we're not ready for this. Maybe we should get some help. I don't know. Just oh. thought. So they go to, um, they decide to go get help and they go to, um, it's a it's like singer auto salvage. Woo! So here goes Bobby. Bobby is one of my Bobby Singer, who is one of my favorite characters. And Diana, if you happen to notice that we have someone who is a producer on the show named Robert Singer, and now we have a character named Bobby Singer. Bottom bump. You guys are so funny. 
Uh, yeah, but Bobby is fucking awesome, and so we get to see we get to see them stroll in and see this adorable Rottweiler. Just I know, like, big old Roddy chilling on the hood of the old Ford pickup tow or Ford tow truck. Just yep, yeah, just like a, oh, I, I will get really sad at his little chain on his ankle, but you know he's a Rottweiler. Maybe he he's and, and a junkyard dog is like a like a shop dog and a like a junkyard dog. They are treated a little different, even though I still don't love it, but that's okay. Yep. So uh, at this point, I don't know who Bobby is yet for the record. And all I have, my note literally says redneck with two flasks. And so um, <laughs> I don't think it's wrong though. I mean, it's not inaccurate, right? That's no, know. it's not inaccurate. No. Anyways, but then I'm like, oh, okay. This guy's name is Bobby. Got it. Noted. Um, we had two flasks. So he's hitting Dean's like, or he's handing it to, the, to them. And one's got holy water in it. And one's got whiskey, which I thought was funny. So there's your beverage. Yep. Holy and water that's, and that's like yep holy water and whiskey and that shit needs to go in a shirt like i think you know i'm gonna merge the shit out of that one but yeah i, I should make it we should make a drink recipe we should holy water and whiskey you know amazon keeps trying to sell me fucking holy water like <laughs> every algorithms time, are fucked <laughs> i know like every time i'm like oh i need to get some garden steaks and like not like to slay vampires but to you know like actually mark my plants and it's like would you like to buy some holy water I'm like no i do not want to actually purchase <laughs> are, you, are you still shopping for holy water liz <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so i was pretty amused though by the the holy water and whiskey flasks and then um then uh, they're talking about how um they're glad bobby's gonna help them with their dad and uh apparently last time uh bobby saw john he threatened to blast him full of buckshot and uh bobby's response was what can i say john just has that effect on people <laughs> I, I thought yeah and I thought you'd appreciate that because I think you probably wanted to shoot him full of buckshot a couple of times too yeah and also, so I was like oh okay fair enough and Dean yeah. didn't argue he's like yeah yeah, yeah fair yeah I also I just love the staging at Bobby's house and there's part of me like because it's a research person's paradise and like there's like a really old murder wall up and there's so many books and there is like the inner library to me does kind of like hurt and all of them stacked up. However, if you look at my house, like any week during research, my floor, my tables, it's the same thing. There are just like stacks and stacks of occult books everywhere. Not as many as Bobby, but you know, I can have goals. So, you know, someday my house will be full of that many occult books and it'll be <laughs> fantastic. But uh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. So anyways, Sam's just off to the side reading kind of during this. And he starts asking about the key of Solomon being used to trap demons. And um, Bobby's like, hell yeah, it works basically. Uh, so, and then this he starts- This is satanic rich motel. Yeah. And then he's basically saying, and then he starts talking about how like there's, that things are really ramping up with deep demonic possessions. And that usually he used to see like three to four a year. And now it's like already up to 27. And so that's a, that seems like a pretty- I would say that would be a statistically significant numbers probably, but yeah. So anyways, then we hear the dog barking outside. Mm -hmm. I, and then you hear a whimper mm -hmm. and they look out the window and the mm -hmm. dog's chain is dangling and the dog is gone and I'm fucking pissed. I was not told there was me a dead dog. I cannot. We don't know. Like it. We don't know. I think, I, I guess my, my nose is what happened to the puppy, but um, I think Rumsfeld just ran off hmm. and he went somewhere. I, hope, I don't I hope, know. I hope so. 
maybe she just took his chain off and he was like, I'm free. And he just like ran off to go on his long journey home. And now he's just traveling somewhere. He's, he went and got a buddy and they're, you know, they're just walking like on Milo, the highway. Like some Milo and Otis shit. So, yeah, he's, got a, he's, got a, he's got a cat. He has a cat friend and they're just like marching on the highway. And that, that's what happened to Rumsfeld. I also okay. thought you would appreciate that. The dog's name is Donald Rumsfeld. I, like I did like that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So anyways, well, immediately after they realize that the the doggo is gone that rumsfeld is gone i say the doggo sorry i'm like the doggo uh, fucking that bitch meg kicks in the door and <sighs> dean tries to go after her with holy water but which we know from last episode will d- deter her i don't know if it hurts her that much but at least hold her off but before he can get to her she like uses her like demonic brain powers to like throw him against the wall. let's call it the swish i don't know what to call that though whoosh. Whoosh. Yeah, i'm like she mentally flings him i'm like this is a really long note like i need a shorter way to say this like so, yes she swished him i like it uh i did like she's a, she's just does like her like banter which she's she's very long-winded and she, she is she's, it's, uh, it's kind of anyways but she did call them, she called the brothers chuckleheads. I was amused by that. So, yeah. I also like during this very annoying, taunting part. Uh, but Sam is clearly protecting Bobby and like shoving. And we, we later learn there's an agenda for like how they're moving. But just that uh, his positioning in front of him and like his arm in front, of him, like I'm going to be the one, I guess goes to the martyr thing too. But I also like that his instinct is that I'm just going to protect you and I'm, we're going to be moving out. So yeah, and also so, Meg is just making the place more messy. So I know, I'm like, it's pretty messy already. But yeah, so anyways, um they are they ends up they're luring her into a trap. Like they knew that she was gonna come after them. They've already done the key of Solomon on the ceiling, and it was a fucking trap to get her there, and it works. It's uh, a trap. Yay! And so Meg's all tied up. And makes and then- some like and then she makes some like sexy comment about being tied up. But it's not sexy coming out of her no. mouth. It's just not. No, yeah, like her dialogue, they tried really hard to like make it sexy, and it's just kind of just like, uh. mm-hmm. no, it's 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 irritating, which is the point. So good, yeah. good on y'all for making me not like her more and more yeah. and more. Uh, so Dean starts smacking her around. And <laughs> and like, he calls her a bitch and starts smacking yeah. her around. She because she's insisting that she killed John, and Dean doesn't. But Dean doesn't believe it. He's like, she's lying. He's not dead. And then this is where they kind of get like, you know, there's a little reminder here is that Meg herself isn't necessarily a demon. Bobby reminds them that Meg is a girl who is possessed by a demon. And so it's just really a regular girl in there. But you also have to like think about in this that, um, I I might be jumping a little bit on this, but as when they, they talk about this while this exorcism is going on is that because they, sorry, she's, she's, well, they start exercising her while she's tied in the chair in the trap. But while they're doing that, it's pointed out that if this bitch fell out of a seven story window, her body is fucked. And so she might not make it if she's exercised because the demon is keeping her alive. I do have questions about the validity of this um, because if the like the like her body would like wouldn't it be like like rotting or broken while she's walking around how is it like being weirdly magically held together by the demon yeah. I don't know. it just her meat her, me, her meat suit stays in, in mythology is supernatural 
and we'll see this as we go through it. I mean, and you also, de- I don't know, I don't want to spoil things, but I think within the mythology of this, you know, that because her meat suit is being possessed, that it really does keep it together until she's exercised. Um, but, you know, I think the, this is one of the things that is really interesting because you know dean really does argue that he needs to put her out of her misery it was like yeah she she's stuck in there and she's dying like then we need to finish this and i was like finish it like you know i want some mortal combat um and i do also say you know so my flaw and the supernatural mythology logic is that you know they're exercising her i was like so how come the demon can't flee the body well, it's in the devil's trap until they exercise it. But once they exercise it, then they can flee. And that one, I was kind of... Um, so that was one of my things, my questioning on the logic. But uh, one other note, too, just in terms of show things. The scene was shot 13 to 14 hours straight, which is unusual for any television show. So there is a lot of, you know, kudos to Nikki Acox, who plays Meg. And I'll go into my thoughts about her as an actress, because I think she is amazing, because, you know, it, she's not the one who's writing these lines. She's making a right. theater. Yeah. Um, but also just, you know, Ackles and Padaleckis, who were talking about just how, like, the, the, how impressed they were, were that you know, she was able to, like, be in that chair and do all this shit for, like, she was tied up for 13 to 14 hours. Long, like, that long. is a long time to go through this and to maintain character and yeah. just to keep, like, I, yeah, I think it's a very impressive scene. So. Yeah, yeah it is. And I can, yeah, definitely, definitely knowing that, that's a lot. And you and they, they they really did all look like they were, like, mentally exhausted in this in, a, in in an appropriate way not in like a oh they look tired in the roles but like they looked like very a real like a very an experience anyways but so while they're doing the exorcism while they're deciding if they're going to finish it or not all this shit it comes out that john is alive he is somewhere in jefferson city and so um anyways and so like you said the dean's just set on putting her out of her misery Bobby's not sure if they should. Sam thinks that she could be useful as the demon still, but goes ahead and follows Dean's lead on proceeding with the exorcism. And she, the demon flies out of her mouth. Like yep. smoke, like black we smoke. Get a, we get a smoke thing. Um, yeah. So yep, that's how demons dislodge themselves. I think, I don't know if we have learned that until this point. Um, yeah, maybe we have the, yeah, the, the plane, the plane. What? Yeah. yeah, during the exorcism we the plane, we saw yeah. that this this lodge of smoke. So, yeah. but anyways, so this is, you know, really she's there and she's saying thank you, you know, and she's been possessed for a year. Oh, you and, know? She and, rem- and she's like, and she was in there the whole time and like knew what was happening for most of it. Like, Ugh. yeah, and it really does. I think, you know, we'll see this throughout other seasons too, but it really is that in when you humanize a demon, right? So what does that do to you as, you know, the hunter? And we'll see that as it comes later on this episode. Mm -hmm. But so there's a person inside of this thing that you have a natural instinct that you want to kill, but there's a person in there. So, and that person is suffering and seeing all the things Mm -hmm. and can't control this. So I I think there's some really interesting, you know, ethics questions and just other things in terms of character development and other stuff too. No, I agree. I thought so too. I thought it was because, you know, up until this point in this episode, honestly, that bitch Meg has just been that bitch Meg. I'm like, fucking Meg, can they kill this bitch already? And then I'm like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Hold on. This is complicated. That That's a bummer. So anyway, so that was kind of a, an important 
emotional and ethical point, I guess, in the episode. So anyway, so she she gives them a little bit of information, um, but she's like way out of it and ambulance is on her way. And then basically that she dies. Yeah, after they gave her water, like, why would you give her water? Why do you think she's thirsty? I don't know. The blanket makes more sense, but um, yeah. I'd be like, give me the flask of whiskey. Like, I'm dying. Please give me some whiskey. Yeah, um, I think they thought they were going to save her. I really Which think is real silly. But I mean, I guess they were like, oh my God, she's alive and she's not absolutely crumbling. But honestly, like Nikki Acox did such a great job in the scene. I think, you know, her acting going from that bitch mug to this actual humanized version yeah, of her. It was a different you character. Feel, you can tell. Yeah. And you feel sorry for her and you're just like, oh, this is, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch her die. And it's like, oh, you made me actually mourn for the loss of this person that I have actively been, you know, hating yeah. for an entire season. Yeah. So. Almost makes me feel bad about the meme I posted. No. Wow. No. <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so she gives them a little info. They know that they need to go somewhere by the river in Jefferson City. And the word she says is sunrise. And so anyways, and then uh, before she dies. And as Bobby's sending the boys off, he's like, hey, y'all need to get the fuck out before the paramedics get here. And they're like, what are you going to tell them? He's like, you think you invented lying to the cops? I was like, all right, Bobby, you got this. Um, See, and you could, I could already see your heart emojis going on Bobby. You know, like, yeah, he likes whiskey. He lies to the cops. He has a a junkyard full of crap and he's got a bunch of books. Yeah. Bobby, And a a big dog. And a big dog that, well, he had a big dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hmm. He's on an adventure. So the dog is on an adventure. So adventure. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So, and he hands Sam a big old book because it works out and then they uh they they take off and so, so they're driving uh-huh so big old books what big is old this? books what is this like looks like big lore? old books it does sound like lore all right so we could not get to this episode without talking about the Kia Solomon, talking about Double Strap. It is, you know, the it is, you know, our, our the name of our podcast. So of course we're <laughs> going to talk about it. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the Kia Solomon. Um, in order for us to do this, though, we do have to have some minor history lessons first. Um, so some of this is going to go a little, we're going to go on a little journey here. Not maybe Realms told us with this. So he's coming along. He's like, Hey, we're going to talk about this stuff. All right. (laughs) So we need to talk about the kind of the history of magic in the world. And I'm going to skip a bunch of millennia and start around the birth of, uh, uh, of Jesus. Right. So at that time, you know, we're thinking about, you know, zero BC, you know, zero CE. Um, the civilization of Egypt at that time was seen by the Greeks, the Romans, the Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims as a center of magic and where all the advanced priests were at. And so Egypt became the place where all um, the pilgrimage from Egypt, like you want to be a magician, you got to go to Egypt. Egypt's okay. where it's at. And so Grimoires, which is AKA just a magical textbook, right? Yeah. What the key of Solomon really is, is the Grimoire. Uh, they started developing, you know, in Egypt during the Hellenistic period, which is when Egypt was under Greek rule. And that's when the Library of Alexandria was established. Everybody knows that was like one of the most amazing like places of knowledge that was ever created in the world. Nobody knows what happened to it. Uh, so, but Egypt was under Greek rule and 
basically all these people are coming together because people are going there to learn how to be a magician. So you have Egyptian people, you have Greek people, you have other people from around the Middle East and from the Mediterranean, they're all coming there. And so they start making these magical textbooks. And initially they were on papy uh, papyrus and they were a mixture of Egyptian, Greek and Jewish religion origins. And the topics generally focused on like man desires and ambitions. So things like we wanna have sex with this woman. Oh, I wanna gain some money. And also like, I wanna summon something to tell me how to do more things to, to learn more magic. And also, I think as a culture, we may not associate Judaism with magic because uh, we think about it now just more in terms of just a general religion, you know, uh, but really, especially around the time of Jesus, the, the Jewish people of the region had a really big reputation as magicians. And we can't think, forget about things like, you know, like the mysticism of the Kabbalah, you know, Madonna wouldn't let you forget that. So, you know, we can't we can't forget that either. And like, there are all sorts of things, like there was a number of scrolls and other lost texts that were supposedly like came from Moses, because, you know, Moses, you don't think about him being a magician, but then also you think back that he grew up in Egypt, where there was a whole bunch of people learning magic, and he was like in the house of the Pharaoh, where all the people were doing magic, so things like parting seas, you know, dropping plagues, all that stuff was magicians stuff. All right, so that's kind of one part of the background. And the other part is just who Solomon right? So we have this key of Solomon. So yeah. who's that? Well, that's King Solomon, you know, the son of David, as in David and Goliath fame. And he is the king who did complete the, in, in, in that mythology, uh, completed the Holy Temple in Jer Jerusalem, where the Ark of the Covenant was housed. Um, and this temple that he built does become influential, both in this story and also with like Freemasons, like their temples are based yeah. on the, what, um, so we're going to see a lot of magic and symbolism of things we associate with modern paganism and modern magic coming from this. And according to biblical chronology, uh, King Solomon ruled Israel during the 10th century B BCE. And he's just revered in Judaism and Christianity for being, you know, very wise. And in Islam, you know, he's he's revered for being a prophet. He's also the one you have that, you know, let's cut the baby into, you know, that yeah. story. Yeah. So that, that was Solomon. And in the first uh, first century, a Jewish historian became the first like real representation of Solomon as a magician. And he was like, oh yeah, Solomon wrote like 3000 books. Oh man, they have all these spells. There's all these exorcism, you know, because he was, you know, very wise. Like he, mm -hmm. he knew all this stuff. And so the first magic book that was attributed to Solomon is a Testament of Solomon. And that was writ first written in Greek, li likely originated in Babylonia or Egypt. And in that, we get the legends of demons were holding up the construction of Solomon's temple because Solomon's like, I've got to build this temple. And this demon came in and was basically vampirizing his favorite worker by sucking his soul out through his thumb, which I just think is like the best visual I've ever had of a vampire wow. yeah. where it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to eat on your thumb and suck out your soul. So Solomon was like, I've got to build this temple. We've got to put the Ark of the Covenant somewhere. So he prayed and prayed and the angel Michael came down. He's like, dude, here's this magical ring. And I'm going to give you a magical ring. You can use it to bind demons. And this becomes the seal of Solomon. And what the seal is kind of varies by interpretation. Sometimes it is the pentagram, it's a hexagon or a circle symbol or it's words. And you could actually go at the British, uh, the British Museum. They have some really interesting seal of Solomon rings in their collection that they say date back to like the fifth or sixth century. So they're really cool. Like you can see the words inscribed on them and stuff. So go look at that, go check that out.
But so Solomon would subdue demons by pointing at their chest with the ring or throwing it at them. I'm not really sure based on like the wording of it because it was like, yeah, he would throw the ring at their chest. And I'm like, you just threw the ring at the demons or maybe throw like- it while it's attached to your fist. Like, yeah, maybe. And then he would yell, Solomon summons you. And then, so through this ring, he compelled a bunch of demons to appear. And then they all told them like what their powers and their weaknesses were. And they showed up. Sometimes they had the heads of dogs. Sometimes they were humans. There was bulls, dragons with bird faces, other beasts and sphinxes. So I, he got a really good show, like with his ring. Yeah. And he categorized 36 lower level demons who cause disease and strife. So 36 allies to the decans of the zodiac, which is, was how you divide the 12 zodiac signs. Um, so some of the demons he learned about included Orepel, he causes sore throats and mucus. Uh, Phobothel causes loosening of the tendons, which I don't even know what that means. So what is a loosened tendon? I'm not sure. Um, Rick's Nathotho, and he, I thought you would like this one because he causes knee problems. And oh, yeah. he can be propelled if you write phonibial on a piece of papyrus. So we need to get you some papyrus yeah, and we're going to write this notes. word out. Yeah, making notes. we're going to fix your knee. Um, Rick's axe buff, and I don't come access booth or access butt. Uh, he causes diarrhea and hemorrhoids, but if he is a and pure wine given to the sufferer, he retreats. So if you have diarrhea and hemorrhoids, and then you just drink some pure wine, the demon who causes that will be cast out. So that's one thing. Um, and the and the last one of these is what I mentioned because there's 36, and we don't have time to go through all 36 of these. Uh, is Rick's physicorus, uh, and he causes choking on fish bones. So if you put fish bones on the breast of the aff afflicted person he retreats likely because they choked on a fish bone and they're dead so you know because you know like you're choking i'm just gonna put another fish bone on your chest unless you put it on it really hard and that makes them like cough accidentally up accidentally heimlich them yeah or just like if you slap the fish bone on them they're like they can <laughs> cough it up i mean that that could make it work so he figures all this stuff out and then basically like, oh, I know how to control you. So you're just going to be my bitches and you're going to build my temple. So he has all the demons construct the temple for him. They're like, yeah, yeah. So they just go and they build it for him. Um, and so this magical, yeah, it was really nice. I mean, you're going to find some, some workers somehow, you know, they're not getting paid minimum wage. He's just like, oh. it's, it's tough out there right now. I'm telling you, yeah. find, find good help. So this magical seal does later contribute to a ton of images passed along in other grimoires, many of which are used to control demons or influence things like this podcast logo. So the most influential book, however, that is attributed to Solomon was the Clavicula Solomonis, or Solomonis, also known as the Key of Solomon. There is another grimoire which is also attributed to him, and that started in the 17th century, and that's known as a Lemageton or the lesser key of Solomon. And that one gives instructions for the evocation of the 72 demons captured by Solomon, but we don't have time to talk about that one. So we're gonna talk about one book. All right, so the key of Solomon really does, like I said, become the basis for modern magic and rituals. And the oldest manuscripts known at this point is in Italian um, in, dated around 1446 um and it's probably a copy of something that was in another duke's thing in italy that was around from 1426 uh, and the other early versions were in greek and they exist around from the 15th century 
but it's become translated into so many languages that there's no definitive version. But in general, it instructs on how to conjure and control demons and how to do things for personal gain, AKA invoke love, punish your enemies, become invisible and deal with thieves. And we know that this does become a very popular book during the Middle Ages uh, because it was under the Renaissance, because it was one of those books that often condemned people by the Inquisition. Um, so uh, that also means because there's a lot and there's a lot of clergy and law students and ones who all have this grimoire, um, but also a lot of copies were burned because the, the, they're like, oh, this is an evil book and so I'm going to take it and I'm going to set it on fire. And there's just various flares on popularity for this book throughout the ages. It becomes really popular in the Renaissance, the French, when the French have their occultism that, you know, rises up then, of course, during spiritualism, it also becomes important again. Um, and so most versions for quite a while were copied by hand. One reason, because, you know, the printing press wasn't, you know, a thing that was everywhere. Um, and there were some printed copies of it, but more accurate, generally it was copied by hand. Um, also because they were, it was thought to have more power, if, you know, you were copying it out. Uh, um, I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, and so there's so many different versions. It's kind of hard. Like I said, it's hard to figure out the definitive version where there are a lot of books that have Solomon's name on it, but we're kind of just like magic scrapbooks or compilations of like just general like magic that people were picking up and like writing down and doing things. Okay. The most widely read English translation was compiled by the British occultist Samuel Little McGregor Mathers. And that's a very long name. It is. And that was in 1889. Uh, he was a founder of the Hermetic Order, Order of the Golden Dawn, which is a magic secret society uh, in Britain, in England. Uh, it had purportedly like a number of famous members, including, uh, including Yates. Uh, so he does this translation and he like was, I forget what the word is, but he spoke a ton of different languages. So he basically translated a bunch of different manuscripts and, but so he made this version of it and there's a lot of people who are like, well, he just kind of picked and choose what he liked and yeah. he omitted things. And there's some things we know, like he omitted all the love spells from it. So this translation is very controversial. And just some notes on Mather. So he did love the drama of a good ritual. He, when he was doing Celtic magic, he would dress in Highlander garb. He was not Scottish. He would just be like, we're doing Celtic shit. So I'm going to dress like a Scot. I pull out my costume. I'm going to pull out my costume. And later he would change his living decor to Egyptian. Uh, he became like this huge follower of ISIS and other things. So he produced a public invocation to ISIS in Paris. There's some really great drawings, uh, or drawings, I don't know if they may have been photographs of him in his Egyptian garb and also just in his general, like, I don't, it's not Masonic, but it's very similar to it because there's an orders you have to go through to crawl up. Like, yeah. so the hermetic the hermetic dawn or golden dawn they had basically like you start out as a level it's kind of like scientology i guess you start out as a level one and then like you learn something you become a level two and you become a level three uh so only if your donations are sufficient only if your donations are sufficient but also like mathers becomes like a villain to alistair crowley so him and crowley were actually friends at one point but it was only for a hot minute and then if you read his memoirs like crowley talks mad shit about him and it's fucking hysterical uh, so but 
this was like the major English translation of it and pretty much one that is really most modern modern editions of it come from this. And in his grimoire is divided into two parts. And the first part contains conjurations, invocations and curses to summon and constrain spirits of the deads and demons. It also tells you how to find stolen items, become invisible, gain favor and love and so on. And the second one describes like the purifications which the operator termed the exorcist has to undergo go like how they should clothe themselves what magical implements they should use and like blah 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 this is my favorite things that are in this book so i talked about you know how people should be you know clothed so fashion this book really has it has a fashion guide and it tells you what you should wear so the shoes or boots should be made out of white leather on which should be marked the signs and characters of art. These shoes should be made during the days of fast and abstinence, namely during the nine days set apart, blah, 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 blah. And they should be prepared, polished, brightened, and clean. So you've got to wear white shoes and you have to have words on them. And you have to do this like during the nine days before it. Um, also, the master of the art should have a crown made of virgin paper on which should be written these four names, Yehovah in the front, Adani behind, Al on the right, and Gibor on the left. So you have to make a, a Burger King crown out of out of virgin paper so basically parchment and so if you're doing parchment and that comes from an animal skin that it has to be from like an animal that hasn't fucked yet so it has to be like a lamb or veal or something you know a calf like that hasn't done it so yeah yeah but yeah so basically you have to make yourself a little crown um which I always thought was great. Um, also, there is a, cha- a chapter in the book called Of the Blood of the Bat, Pigeon, and Other Animals. So this is how you get blood from a bat. So you take a live bat, you say some stuff, then you take a needle or an other convenient instrument of art and pierce the, va- the bat in the vein, which is in the right wing. And you collect the blood in the small vessel over which you say more things. Then- uh, my, my question is, how do you collect the bat? Well, you just go to your attic and you just catch the bat. Yeah, so. Okay, sorry. And then after you collect the blood, then then you perfume it and you keep it for use. So I guess they thought like, you know, the bat blood smelled. So you have to make it smell pretty and, and you put some perfume in it and then you can keep it and then you can do stuff with it. Uh, but you could also do this with uh, other any other winged animal. And the other two, my other two favorite, you know, instructions in there is of the experiment invisibility and how it should be performed. So the book teaches you how to become invisible. Um, And then also the other one is to hinder a sportsman for killing any game. So basically you're fucking up somebody's hunting trip, which, you know, is kind of hilarious. And maybe Sam could learn this with the shock, you know, with his like ability to shoot things, maybe somebody performance ritual on him. But I was like, that is the most random shit in there. There's also stuff like, you know, how to deceive people and like how to do other things. But yeah. yeah, so there are hundreds of copies and versions that exist to this day and you can just go on Amazon and find your favorite you know it's not gonna look as pretty as Sam's but you know you can go on Amazon when you're picking up your holy water I'm in, sure your white, Am- in your white leather boots with your paper crown yeah which you probably also buy on Amazon I'm sure that you know there is a store somewhere in your, that's vial, selling- in your vial of perfumed bat's blood in your in your perfumed bat blood so one last fun thing before we end up in lore. Um, so the seal used in this episode is a combination of two different symbols from the Key of Solomon. The outer section actually uses parts of the seal of Solomon that we talked about in the beginning. That was mm-hmm. like on the ring, the I summon you. Yeah. And the interior is filled by a scorpion or the fifth pentacle of 
Mars and the books goes into pentacles. It's all about zodiacs and crap like that. So, but it's not something that actually exists anywhere. They made it specifically for this. But also the thought is maybe that this is why it's real because I found the real one. This is what the real symbol looks like. So that's the key of Solomon. That's the devil trap. And devil's trap. Yeah. Yay. We got there. I was excited. Cause I knew like, I was like, well, Liz named the show something. I agreed that it sounded cool and that's <laughs> where you're at. And so, uh, and I mean, I, I Googled, I'd heard of a devil's trap. Uh, I don't know. So anyways, well, I mean, was, devil's trap is very supernatural mythology. Right. Yeah. He, like, well, she, Solomon, she, yeah. She said key of Solomon. And I was like, oh, I've heard of that. Okay. And so anyways, but yeah, so it's nice to that for <laughs> nice for us to get to the actual uh story part in the uh in the yeah. series yeah and we're and we're gonna yeah. get kind of delve a little bit to this right now as i do i do i am gonna need information on that demon with the knee pain thing though i mean we're gonna, we're gonna... yeah um, i'll make sure you can get that so you can write his name on uh, kind of kidding kind of not uh, yeah. no you're we'll not see. but we'll we're gonna we're gonna segue I, and i was thinking truck. when you started talking about the shoes i'm like yeah. damn it i have white boots but they're not they're not real leather so i don't think I can yeah i don't know if, i don't know if pleather works i think they just have to be clean so yeah. like and right. there's very specific things within the key of solomon about like where your paper comes from what type of pen to use what your what your staff looks like you gotta you gotta have the right kind of staff what uh, <laughs> uh yeah adding that to the wardrobe list hold on so we have a staff, white leather shoes with writing on them, a crown of paper, a virgin paper. Virgin, virgin paper. And then, of course, your perfumed bat blood, which I just imagine in a vial around your neck at this point with this outfit. That's just what I feel like has to happen. I mean. <laughs> or just the outfit I'm wearing now would also go very well with some, <laughs> some perfumed bat, bat blood. <laughs> Come into Hot Topic near you. <laughs> oh man but awesome. also do, i do think like what's really nice about that is it doesn't sound like they killed the bat it sounded like they just no, like i know i was impressed i yeah. thought you were gonna go i was like for, but i am still like my my first question is it's like draining the blood from a bat okay that seems like you need instructions for that but how do you get the fucking bat because i'm like wish every day for a bat to like come visit me and that doesn't happen well if you got your bat house they would come or you get a bat symbol and then the bat would come but I know I get really like I look at the number of caves I've been in. You're like right next to the bat, and they're like, "Don't touch the bat." It's like, but I want to. I want to touch. I want to. He wants a hug so bad. And he's like, "I want to give you diseases," and I'm like, "But I want to touch you. (laughs) You want to be my friend. I'll I'll perfume your blood. (laughs) You'll Uh, be the best smelling bat that was ever around." Oh man! All right. So back to the book that sam is reading right yeah and he's reading it uh it's he's resting it on top of baby they're on the side of the road pulled over by the by the river and i i was kind of amused that sam's reading a book and dean's in the trunk playing with guns i was like man that's pretty descriptive of them good well done um and then uh sam starts drawing on trunk I'm also like, where did you get this grease pencil from? Yeah, it's kind of that's very bizarre too. It's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's in trunk. First I'm, like, first, I'm like, what the fuck is he drawing on the car with? And I was like, oh, that's obviously like a grease pen. That's fine. But um, I guess it's the office supply section of trunk. You know, like yeah. where the file folders and the tape are to make the murder wall. There's also like a nice supply of like grease pencils. And apparently so. Yeah. yeah. So apparently his intent is to draw the devil's trap on the trunk of the car. 
so that they can store the Colt in it. Which makes and, sense. And then it becomes basically a lockbox for the Colt because now Sam, even though he was the one that de- was dead set on going after the demon and shooting it, no, you know, no matter what, now his pers- perspective with John being captured is that they need to protect the Colt and that John would be fucking pissed if they carried the Colt in there to rescue him, that the Colt just needs to stay safe and um anyway dean disagrees dean wants to bring the cult just so they can make double sure and rescue dad yeah very- well, sam's and sam's also like we only have three bullets left and he's like you know how shitty of a shot i am yeah sam's I, I, I like i need i need to keep those safe man yeah but if dean's carrying it i don't know it's a little better shot a little bit but anyways but this once again also does like it's kind of an interesting thing about like like that part i get the, the practicality that sam's saying about it but I also get Dean gets like really onto him. And this happens like kind of throughout this episode, like off and on is that Dean calls them out, calls out Sam and John also about being ready to sacrifice themselves at any moment and not thinking about anything else. Like the fucking martyr, like the need to martyr themselves is severe. And I'm not, and I know like, it's not just a martyrdom. They also are deeply affected by what happened and it's their desire to end end things and end this nightmare that they're that they've lived at all costs but at the same time it is a little bit selfish dean has a fucking point so well i think the other point that dean makes which i think is really important is how much alike sam sam and john are which really goes to you know like it's really hard to i i think when you have most problems with your parents is when you're just alike because you know like my dad and i are so much alike and he had no idea what to do with me Mm -hmm. and he was always more afraid of like what i would do because my dad was had just as many terrible streaks as i did so it's always like no i know exactly what you're gonna do because you're just like me and so that makes you know that that friction that causes between them is just those two personalities which are so similar and even though it seemed like they were so far apart he's like i have to leave but it's because they're both so obsessed and sam was obsessed with this idea of i want to go to college and get out of here and john was obsessed with the idea of i got to kill this thing right so yeah so anyways yeah so you're absolutely right i think you're right and i think that's that's very accurate so finally sam talks dean into not bringing the colt because they need it for leverage and uh to save those bullets for the main demon so we think. Yeah, and he walks away and he, he like leaves Dean with the trunk. I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, I was like, it's really obvious what he just did. He was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah, put sure, it in here. Totally. He's like, yeah. no, this is just gonna be like, but then I guess like that cult's pretty long. So, and they obviously don't have holsters. They just shove shit in their pants. So I think there would be a lot of like, are you happy to see me or is this cult in my pants? Right. Like, <laughs> Which is still like a mind boggling. Like, are you shitting me? You've got all these weapons and you still don't have a fucking holster but anyways i have so, sent you to uncle mike's and get you a goddamn holster by this time but yeah so we know dean just shoved the gun is up his ass or something so uh, so awkward anyways <clears throat> so they they're peeking around so they, they start to go wander to try to figure out where they think dad might be being kept and there's an apartment complex called sunrise so so lucky and i will mm-hmm. say i did look up i was like how big is is the city because it is a capital of missouri i'm like no, this can't big. be small it's 30 like so the town of uh of jefferson it is uh 37.58 square miles so basically it's like a 40 square mile town uh so they happen to find this yeah so you're so lucky it's, yeah it's just like when sam stumbled across the street and found the house like 
maybe it's yeah, I'm like, like, I'm like, along, like by vision. the river, by the river in Jefferson city, seems like there would be a, quite a bit of real estate by the river. Just saying. Yeah. So anyways, but the, but the, basically what they realize is that the apartment complex is a building full of human shields and that the demons can just kind of basically body hop there, which is creepy as fuck. So they decide to go pull the fire alarm and, um, uh, they keep saying they've got seven minutes until the city responds. So in my head, I'm like, oh shit, they got seven minutes until they're trying to get people to evacuate. And they've got seven minutes to get John before the fire department gets there. But I was fucking wrong. And also I was like, isn't that kind of slow for a fire department, an apartment complex, but whatever. And I live in Dallas. For me, I think that's pretty extreme. But um, <laughs> you have a lot of faith in your, your Dallas. My fire department's closed. I, okay. I did not say fire department, not <laughs> Emerge- other, uh, not other emergency services. Correct. Okay. Um, but also there's fire department really close to my house. So well, but um, so anyways, they, uh, we cut and we see there's a possessed couple in this apartment and got the creepy eyes and they just really don't give a fuck about the fire alarm going off. I mean, I guess it makes sense. You're not really worried about that then. And we see that John's tied to a bed. Well, spread like, eagle to the bed. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very weird like tie up to the bed, like the like foot to each corner and hand to each corner. I'm like, oh, that's that's a choice. Yep, they went with that choice. Yep, they did. You, you just wanted a starfish on the bed, you know? Yeah. So. All right. So I was still, I'm still thinking, I'm like, where the fuck are Sam and Dean if they pulled the fire alarm to get in this place and ends up, they weren't like just trying to like beat the fire department. They were waiting for the fire department to show up so they could steal the gear and use that to get into the building. I'm like, oh, this movie, that makes way more sense. All right. Okay. Well, and, and one, they knew where the, the, the extra like outfits were. I'm like, good on you. I did not know I like that. They I like outfits, by the way. Their costumes, their fireman costumes. <laughs> Yeah, and then I also get some some fun stripper fantasies of Sam and Dean as firemen. So, oh yeah, so there you go. But yeah, so they sneak in and they're using um, their reader to go up and find the which room has people in it still, and uh, they realize this couple hasn't evacuated yet. So they're they break in the door, and so and they're shooting these people with holy water is what my presumption is with this squirt gun, right? Yeah, well, no, it's their, it's their fireman hoses. And my note yeah. is they filled their hose with, hoses with holy water. And then I read that and I was like, well, it's kind of dirty, but um, so we got some, some, Whoa. <laughs> Sam and Dean are spraying people with their hoses. They're spraying with their hoses full of holy water. <laughs> and um, they also have a gas can that's filled with salt, which I think yeah. is smart. But it's weird. So I have a question on the salt things. They close one of the, the, the woman, right? They shove her in the closet and she's like fighting, 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 right? And then they put the salt around the front of the closet to contain her, right? Does the salt subdue her also? Because she suddenly stops fighting once the salt's there. I think they just got tired of pounding on the door. But yeah, no, it's okay. It, it shouldn't subdue odd. them. It just keeps them in there. They would keep yeah. trying to get out. I would thought, um, that's what I thought. That was kind of yeah. like, wait a minute. Yeah, and then we get them stripping. So then they strip out of their fireman outfit. So I'm like, ooh, that sounds great. Um, so uh, they bounce and bam, bam, and they get out of the fireman. And then outfit. they and they go into the room where their dad spread eagle. Ooh. Okay, now that's weird to stop there. Uh, You're well, okay. Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get for that. You're welcome. Uh, so then they're squirting him with. Their oh ball. no! 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 <laughs> 
someone's someone stop me okay no 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 no. oh no all right uh so they figure out that john's still alive that's what that's the important they are in their clothed in their normal street clothes and they have verified that john is still alive though all at this point unconscious correct yeah Yeah. okay sorry i was like wait we gotta rein this back in it's gonna get real bad um anyways so but it was pretty funny they did they did they they did throw they did throw holy water on him so they splashed they splashed dad with holy water um because they want to make sure that he wasn't possessed and he wakes up and he's just all he's worried about is the fucking cold because it's john so anyways what's real creepy at this point though and then so they're um you start seeing the demonic possessions kind of like rotating in the yeah and the very outside. subtle too, right they're yeah just like, it was creepy like poof i'm possessed poof i'm possessed like yeah. and that was pretty creepy to see it happen like so fast but also like very like subtly it was really kind of like oh that's creepy as shit it could be anybody oh my god so anyways this firefighter and the this dude are going in to try to get the um the winchesters stop them from escaping because they figure out that they haven't come out from the fire and uh the the uh, sam dean and john have to climb out of a window and as soon as they hit the ground and start to run sam gets tackled like blindsided tackled yeah and before that i also want to say there's like a a shining nod while they're in there and the firemen are like they're knocking at the door oh yeah yeah and they're using the axe yeah and there's a very here's johnny moment like with the face is just like on the other side as they climb out the window that's true. So, you're right. You're right. I, 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 I didn't make a note, but I was like, when they were like, you know, chopping the door up with the axe, I made a note about it. Yeah. So anyways, Sam gets like super tackled and is just getting the fuck beat out of him by this demon dude. Well, it's a demon from last week. He was the yeah, one who was the one that, that slammed and his the one that, that had his holy water boots. Yeah. Holy water boots. Yep. <laughs> and he's the one that had, had pinned John against the wall at the end, uh, towards the end of that episode. And all of a sudden, what does Dean do? Well, shoots, I mean, shoots, shoots him with the cult. her in the fucking face with the cult. Yep. Yeah. Oops. So Dean didn't leave it in the trunk. No, no, he didn't. And, and now we're down to two bullets. Now so. it's down to the last two bullets of the cult. So anyways, they, they, they all load up and they're like in some like random, they go to some cabin in the middle of nowhere and salted up is what i put salt there's a lot of salt in that can unless they had more than one can maybe they, they had more multiple than cans yeah had to be baby's endless baby baby's endless trunk just full of fucking salt cans yeah and so and they kind of have like a sweet moment for a minute because like john's like still kind of unconscious sam and dean are kind of like talking about have we been followed thank you for saving my life um and then dean kind of processing that the you know the, the person the, the guy he shot was also a possessed person in addition to meg having been a possessed person so like all these you know like and how he doesn't hesitate because how important that you know it is for him to protect his family and then john wakes up and comes in and so you know you think like dad's just super like proud and stoked of his sons for saving him and he and he seems that way he does and i, I do want to note on this too so even though that we know at the end this is not actually john speaking 
but demon john who does have you know the memories inside him of what what john knows we do know that's part of possession and so john tells dean you know that hey me and sam are gonna get really obsessed but you're gonna watch out for this family and that's your nature that's what you're gonna do Mm -hmm. and so that is why i'm going to say with even all the season's douchiness i am team dean he is loyal to the core and yeah. we'll always take us through his family. And also because I'm a Hufflepuff and we believe in loyalty. But um, really, this is, you know, so I, I will say, honestly, like, yeah, I, I know I'm also team truck, but really I'm team Dean because this is the character that I can really get behind, you know, as yeah. he's not going to not going to sacrifice his, his family is going to be everything. And that yeah. loyalty is what he will do anything to save his family. And I think that's really important. I, I totally understand. I agree. Um, so yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I think this is real. that's, I think his, he's more perceptive than they, than he lets on a lot of times. And I think that that's a a depth to the character. I don't think it's, um, I I think it's, I think it's an intentional thing for this character to have a little, this depth that he doesn't always, you know, showcase, but, um, which we get to in just a second, because, you know, dad's you know kind of try, you know they, they think that the demons found them because the wind starts blowing and everything starts you know going bad and dean hesitates to hand the cult over to john at this point and basically it was that basically says that you know what dad wouldn't be proud of me for having shot that demon mm-hmm. he'd be fucking pissed he'd be mad that i wasted a bullet you are not my dad because yeah. he knows his dad yeah. that well yeah, and he also wouldn't say please. My dad is a dick. Is like pretty much what this comes down to. Like, yeah, yeah, my dad is a type of person that people want to like blast full of shotgun. <laughs> like they're you know. And during and and during all this conversation, Sam isn't there because he went to go recheck all the salts. So he missed part of this conversation and walks back in to Dean pointing the Colt at Dad which is fucking intense. So, and Sam's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? As, as is Sam's disgusting eye. Oh my God. I hate the makeup on his eye. Really? <laughs> like it dries me. Ugh, it just skews me out. And I'm just like, oh my God, just close that eye, put on an eye patch or something. Like this half closed eye that exists for the rest of this episode. Like from when he no. got his fucking face bashed in on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad they carried that through. Like it, it's it is a choice, right? But also yeah, I mean they were trying to demonstrate that he was getting a fucking bad. Yeah. And they want you had to carry that on. Otherwise, it'd have been like, well, why the fuck did Dean shoot this guy? Oh, he took a punch. Okay, fucking whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there'd be like some some bitch shit. But like he had to like really have been like in danger and like getting fucked up, which he was. Uh yeah. I did I didn't I didn't bother me that much. I'm like, I was like, <laughs> oh, his face is fucked up, but that's all I had. I don't know. Nope, yeah. stresses me out. Yep. So, anyways, so uh, Sam and Dean. So Sam takes Dean's side. He believes Dean that it's not Dad. That this is this is something else going on. But they both also are kind of hesitating. And so John fucking like starts tearing up and basically says, "If you're so sure, fucking kill me, pull the trigger." And Dean hesitates, understandably so. Which is funny because just a few minutes ago he was talking about he wouldn't hesitate to do anything to protect his dad or his brother. Now he's got to make a choice between them and himself and it's a whole thing. So there we go. And right when he hesitates, John has looked down and he looks up and says, I thought so. And his eyes are the creepy yellow marble eyes from the horrible demon that they've been after all along. So John's now (laughs) possessed by the fucking demon that he's been hunting for fucking years. 
Oh, how the tables have turned, Mr. Winchester. Oh, no, you are now old yellow eyes, which is what I'm just calling him right now. Old, old yellow eyes. Old yellow eyes. You're old yellow eyes. <laughs> not, it's not just jaundice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, call, I like the I like marble eyes, creepy marble. They're like marbles. They're like weird, like black and yellow marbles. Or like something some shitty goth person bought. Like not a good goth person. The contacts, contacts to go to the church. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I can't. I I, I love uh, you, my fellow goth people, but those contacts are awful. So okay, so yeah, so busted eyes. Like so, we have like he's like yeah, holy water's not gonna work on me. I'm too damn old because I'm old yellow eyes and just like old, old yellow eyes. And so. Yeah. We do get a very funny jab at him calling Sam second boy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, second boy. That is funny. It was funny. Uh, so, and then, and it's kind of a weird back and forth about like this being justice because, you know, Meg was the, the demon that possessed Meg was his daughter and the guy in the alley was his son. And they're like, yeah, but I also destroyed, but they, he's like, oh yeah, but I also killed, fucked up your whole family too. So it's not really demons have family too is what this means you know well they should be fucking even now then i guess yeah. right family mm. is family as casey musgrave said um so all right so demons yeah. demons have family too is that what you just went with i uh, yeah i did just go demons have family too so all right so john's trapped in his meat suit and we're gonna get some evil villain monologuing which is always oh, super fun and but i also get really annoyed uh because you know sam's really kind of getting somewhere with this like okay so i was going after the babies like it's all about the babies someone save the children but yeah. like we actually kind of like we're getting to this and then dean's just like, like shut what, the what fuck means. up yeah and, and I was like, Dean, like he's telling you everything. Don't stop him. Like, let him keep monologuing. Hang him on, hang it on. Yeah. 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 And, so, and then and the then, demon's like, I'm gonna pick on your scabs, Dean. I have him. Oh, I know. I'm so I mean, and he's got Dean like pinned against the wall. And while he starts like saying everything that defines everything of Dean's insecurities, he's like starts like doing some crazy demonic like torture to dean and he's like dean starts bleeding yeah i think there were scratches yeah uh, something it was from his chest his chest starts bleeding and it's he's bleeding bleeding pretty profusely from the chest it was, and it then some starts yeah. and it starts to like <laughs> dribble a little bit from his mouth too while and while this is all going on like sam he's just like literally saying everything that will like hurt dean emotionally too and sam's and, pinned to the wall so he can't do shit either and the cult's just fucking laying there through all this yeah and if old yellow eyes really knew what to do he would just start sucking on dean's thumb and that I is how he would, <laughs> that is how he would get his soul like oh. clearly you're not that old of a demon like you should just we know like you need to suck on the thumb that's, that's the old way man come on yeah if you're that old and powerful you should know yeah so somehow though john fights through the possession and basically is like hey you see let sam he frees sam enough so sam can go grab the fucking colt and he's like you need to fucking shoot me and in the heart right now and um and, but Jay, he just shoots him in the leg well i also think he may have been aiming for the heart oh <laughs> uh, no i was sure he was aiming that because i think i feel like sam made a call here i think sam felt like i can shoot 
this and maybe it'll kill the demon. Maybe it won't. Maybe they'll slow it down at least. But if nothing else, it'll get him out of dad and dad'll be okay. So this is kind of interesting because when he's been him and he's been so gung-ho about sacrificing himself, and he knows his dad has been so fucking gung-ho about sacrificing himself. And all of a sudden he hesitates when it's time to fucking do or die, literally. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. But um anyway, so he shoots him in the leg and uh John's like, no, it's still fucking in me. Like, you fucked some shit up, but it's still fucking in me. You have to shoot me in the chest and Sam can't do it. And then all of a sudden the demon does the smoke thing out of, out of John's mouth and disappears into the floorboards. Where did he go? He gone. He gone. Got escaped. He got escaped again. Yeah. So John's fucking pissed, of course. Shocker. And for not killing him to kill the demon. And they're all in the car going to the hospital because they're like, Sam's face is all fucked up. Dean is bleeding profusely from the fucking chest. And now like, and now John's got a bullet hole in his leg, you know, like what the fuck? This is a sorry fucking scene. And, and he's been spread eagle for like months. We don't know yeah, how long. It's probably, it's probably very uncomfortable. His yeah. back probably hurts really bad. And they were probably torturing the shit out of him too while he was, you know. <laughs> oh i can't i can't process that okay um so sam's explained they still have the cult and they still have one bullet they can just start over they'll just go do it all over again they'll find the demon it'll be fine and all of a sudden they get fucking t-boned by a fucking semi <laughs> yes! and you see the semi driver with his black eyes so he's possessed he's a demonic possessed oh man i couldn't wait for you to get to this part of this episode like i was just like oh my god it's gonna piss her off so much especially when i said we're gonna take a break and i'm just like boom like you thought like this was gonna end and then you like bitch. <laughs> you bitch yeah that is what, so that is what liz talked said. me into we discussed having the um where she was like yeah maybe we should take a break for a couple weeks after the season i'm like oh, yeah, that makes sense actually you know regroup we can kind of just like you know, share some, share some content we haven't shared kind of, you know, revamp maybe some things and, and, you know, and, and go from there. And that doesn't mean we don't appreciate all of you listening or hope you all enjoying, but you know, just try to make things better all the time. And then is this kind of a fucking ending? She gives me a fucking cliffhanger. She knew this shit was coming. She did, did. it on purpose. I did. And, and the only consolation I will say is that I know there's like 15 more seasons, so I can't be asked. We have so many years of this to go. I'm know. like, I'm like, well, at least I know they're not all dead. I'm like, eh. but well, um, also, I mean, like, I am such a binger. Like, I could never do what you're doing. Like, I can only watch things. That, like, even I'm, if, I'm better about that. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. good about that typically. But I watch a lot of like network television on television. Like, I know it's bizarre, but I actually have like TV service still. I know, I know. But, I know. Um, I, yeah, whereas I, I also have a this. lot of streaming services too. It's like every yeah. like few months, I'm like, well, I just want to add this one too. Like, why am I paying for a satellite? But I'm a weirdo and I can't help it. So yeah, uh, yeah. So the with this season one, episode 22, the whole entire season ends with the beautiful, beautiful baby being pretty fucking destroyed by getting hit by a semi. And all three Winchesters, um, Sam, Dean, and John, uh, bloody and unconscious in the car. Yep. And also with some music that's playing. And I don't, so in the original version of it, it was Bad Mood Rising by CCR, which is kind of also kind of fun because it's like, like 
Because it's kind of upbeat and you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of upbeat. And it's kind of like got that, you know, I see trouble on the way and they're about to start over on the whole mission. Yeah, that's fucking good shit. Yeah. So Netflix solution was like, you know, we can't pay for bad moon rising. So I'm just going to pay for backwater rising. The name of the song that replaces it is backwater rising. And a fuck you, Netflix. That's like the last like fuck you on the music. I was like, I'm I'm going to say like, I didn't. I mean, I, I kind of- The song is the song is fine. It, it played fine. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm just pissed it off because I, no, I feel like I feel like there was somebody who consciously was looking at, well, this bad has bad moon rising. rising, back water rising sounds just, that's the same. Well, I just didn't realize they did that. Like this is the fir- my first exposure to, I, and I don't know, but I'm sure I I have other nev- shows do it too. I have I don't never know. seen it happen like this. This is the first okay. experience. I mean, I know like Buffy when on Hulu, there are certain things that are very different on Hulu from the, uh, the DVDs, which is like the full version of it. Yeah. And I'm sure if you if you watch the DVDs of Supernatural, which at one point I owned, I don't know, they're in like whatever place my I've been, DVDs I, when are. I've seen on, when I've looked online for the music stuff, it says that the original showing is the DVD version. It's only the Netflix that's different. Yeah, so it's, it's just odd to me. Like I don't, I, I mean, I get like, okay, I'm not, I, I work somewhat in music. I understand conceptually royalties and things like that. So I just, but I just feel like, could they just not ex- like, did you not I don't, you I don't buy it for so many, so many screamings? Like, I don't understand how it would yeah, not what, carry what, over. Well, because pro- um, my thought is, is that it lost from, when it went from CW to Netflix, they would have had to relicense everything that was on yeah. CW. But I swear, like, and I could be wrong, you guys correct me if I'm, I swear before, because I've rewatched the show so many times, that this is the first time, like, watching that I've noticed all this difference in music. But I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Like I am pretty damn sure know. that it's, I don't it's know. Very bizarre. It's a very it's very odd. Some of the choices I, I would just say because even like a couple of the songs I felt like when I've looked up and I'm like, huh, that doesn't seem to match. I've looked up what it was like supposed to be in there originally. I'm like that doesn't even make sense. Like the one they changed it to. Like the tone of the song is different. And to me, it feels like somebody went to like when I go to like my Adobe stock for things that I have and like I'm like, oh, I can use the stock music and yeah. YouTube isn't going to take me down and get my royalties on it. I feel like they're like, we can't go with ASCAP on this. We need to go find like something that isn't like, I don't know. It's, it's really oh, weird. And I, come on CW and Supernatural. Y'all probably made enough. You can pay some little royalties to some. I'm bands. pretty sure Supernatural made some fucking money, but I really think, and I know it has to do with that transferring of who owns the rights. Um, but yeah, I I wanna I wanna find this answer. If you are a person who works on the show, if you're somebody who can really talk us through this, let us know. We'll bring you on the podcast. And I really or or if you want to do it anonymously and just send us a note, we're just curious too. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah, or I'll just go camp out at family business and be like, dude, Jensen, what the fuck? Like, what happened to your music? So weird. Yeah, maybe that's and, like- and, I, and I honestly, it's been kind of cool a couple times. And some of them have been on both when it's like some smaller bands. Like, I love that shit. Like. Give the small bands, give the regional bands, give the little bands, give them their due. Let them play a show. That's fucking rad. Have their, because even if it was, it's not going to, all my musician friends, I fucking love you. But because some random TV show played 30 seconds of your song, you're not suddenly going to be discovered. It's just not how that works. I mean, for the most part. 
for the most it's part, fucking cool exposure. It's good credits. It's good. Um, yeah. It's good. You know, it, it looks good on paper. It's fun for you and your fans. You might get a few new fans. It's rad. I'm just saying, it's just not going to be like the, like the, the turning point of everything. Yeah, and we've had it's cool it's just this is not right it's just not some of the music here is just it's incongruent yeah no and honestly you know we've obviously had a number of friends bands who have been on different tv shows on the you know on true blood and other things where it's just like you know they fit into because you know rockabilly gothic and punk rock tend to be something that gets featured a lot of places so Mm -hmm. i mean we just know know, that just happens to be you know our subculture and who we know but and so, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm a fan of independent labels, yeah. but when you're actually changing the thematic version of the show, yeah. that's when it becomes a problem because you actually change the tone. And when you go from Bad Moon Rising to this Backwater Rising song, which was very much more, it was very much, it was a heavier riff. It was very dark, right? Right. With and what was, vibe. it's a completely different tone when you end this, you know? And I think that, if you're going to make the conscious decision that we're going to go switch swap this out for something else, you need to think about it from that. How am I changing the tone of what this episode means? And also, fuck you, bring back Kansas. So, I, which I never thought growing up that I'd be like, yeah, Kansas. Like that is that is not my genre. It is not my is not my jam. But yeah, I mean, it's that's not. It's not. Uh, so I don't know if you saw what I posted on Twitter last week, which was Jensen Ackles singing singing the song, which is amazing and so adorable. Uh, but anyways, all right. So there we go. Music rant done. We are we're done with this. This is all right. So we're done with this first season, Diana. Season one. Amazing. What do you think? What do you- I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm having fun with it, and uh, I'm interested and excited to see what happens next. Any predictions for season two you want to make? Um, not too much. I will say I think that there's the potential that uh, I, I'm I'm torn on my predictions, and I have not seen a lot of spoilers. So I think it's going to go one extreme or the other. I think that this main demon is going to be the, like the the immediate thing that we face at the beginning of the second season, and then go on from there with with additional stories or they're going to get completely sidetracked. This main demon thing is just going to be fucking like by the wayside because they get distracted, cut, killing a bunch of other like evil shit in the meantime. So I kind of, I'm not sure. I'm kind of, like I said, I think it's kind of one extreme or the other as far as the main focus of their main mission of this demon, whether it's going to be like the immediate next thing or it's going to be like the super drawn out, like I'll see it in 10 years thing. I'm not sure. Anything you'd like to see happen in the next season? Um, I guess I, um, I would like Sam to be a little bit less of a bitch (laughs) and I would like John to be a little less of a jerk dad. Dean is fine. Like, he's just like, here's the thing. Dean's a lovable douchebag Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I'm okay with that. I'm friends with lovable douchebags. I like friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like I'm okay with that. I can handle that. Like um, it's just that war that that mentally like works. I'm like okay, I get because I, I get them, and yeah. that's okay. You have some character flaws, but in the end, yeah. like and what you're pretty you're, open about them. Who's just yeah, cool? and this you owned your shit, right? Like yeah. it would just be like, hey, this is who I am. I'm a kind of a scumbag, but you know. So now you can interpret that, by the way, of how I just spoke about these characters as to which team camp I would probably fall into, other than Trunk. Because I'm always team baby. 
So, are you are you gonna make are you gonna make a are you gonna make it verbal? Gonna if it? I were to say I was team, so I stand by team baby slash team trunk. Okay. If I were to have to choose a team, I would lean towards which I didn't think this would happen at the beginning. I thought I'd be more on the opposite side. I would lean team Dean. Yeah, we win. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, he gets a bonus point because baby is his car too. But yeah. well, he also he loves his car. You know, yeah. he like so, has. Many- I thought I was going to be Team Sam. I really did. Out of the two, I'm like, oh, he's annoying, but I get it. Like that was kind of my thing. Well, and yeah. I'm like- it, also, you're like, because to me, from an intellectual standpoint, I'm like, you like books. You like a research. You're a law student. You're a nerd. Like I am always Team Nerd. And I'm like, you know, but yeah. It comes down to it like I don't want to <laughs> hang out with somebody who's whiny and bitchy. I want to hang out with somebody who gets shit done. Uh-huh. And yeah. who frankly probably knows how to fuck. I'm just just gonna I'm gonna be <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dean looks like he can. I'm just gonna say that right now. So this is what happens on holy water and whiskey episode. So holy water, holy water and whiskey. <laughs> holy water and whiskey. So I yeah, I look forward to many, many more seasons of the show. Yes. Um Thank you, everybody who's who's been yes. on the road so far with us. We, we love we love having listeners and sure. everyone who's uh, calling and posting on the Instagram stuff that Diana is such a great steward of. So thank you, Diana, sure. for making all our fun yeah. posts. Yeah, I, I just only post pictures of my cat, which is generally you know. Or, or our, your visits to family business because oh I'm yeah, or me getting closer. like this is Liz getting drunk at a at a brewery. This is what she mm-hmm. does. So it's relevant. Um, it is relevant uh but yeah uh looking forward to this next year and liz manages to curate their everything else including making sure our our podcast is actually streamed so i'm uh (laughs) i'm happy to happy to play my part and uh do this and it's super fun and i hope that those that are uh listening in or enjoying and hope people keep tuning in as we get ready oh, to start and season. also yeah we can't end the season without also saying a huge shout out to dave diana's husband who is our <laughs> audio engineer who curbs together all of our stupid things and <laughs> and, make, and through, makes us through power outages and winter storms, through winter and, storms all and all things and just makes us sound lovely so thank you dave yeah. uh so yeah. i think that will probably wrap it up for season one so i think we're gonna say with anything else it'll be cheers jerk cheers bitch thanks for listening to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast be sure to follow us on instagram devil's trap podcast twitter devil's trap pod or you can email us devil's trap at devil's trap podcast.com Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks! Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Meow! Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow! Meow!